Let's talk about the power of story. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The Voice Sam Player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voicesam.com/markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voicesam.com/markscott. The Veopreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original everyday Veopreneur. Hello, and welcome to the Everyday Veopreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, the original everyday Veopreneur, back with another episode filled with actionable, practical advice that is going to help you to grow your voiceover business. Now, I know that traditionally this podcast is focused on the business and marketing side of voiceover. That is the mission of Veopreneur is to be your guide through the business and marketing side of voiceover. So this episode may seem a little bit out there, a little bit different because we're going to be talking a lot about attitude, mindset, and narrative. Let me tell you something, attitude, mindset, and narrative have a direct impact on the business and marketing side of voiceover. If your attitude, if your mindset, if the stories that you're telling yourself about these aspects of your business are not in the right place, you're going to struggle. That's why I teach this in the voiceover marketing playbook, because I believe that it is essential to your success. And I have brought in a guest who is going to deliver. You're going to learn a ton from this episode. Get your notebook ready. Build a booth, buy a microphone, do some coaching, get a demo, sign with an agent, rake in riches in voiceover success. Sometimes I think that we think that is the process, all the necessary steps and components to make it in the industry. Alas, it is not always that easy. Why? Because we often get in our own way. We psych ourselves out. We struggle with imposter syndrome. We make up stories for why we can't do the thing. My guest today is able to bring a unique perspective to this subject. Not only is she a successful voice actor, but also a lead trainer with Tony Robbins, working at events like Unleash the Power Within. Welcome to the show, Andrea Hedahazy. Hello. It's good to see you, Mark. I should say hear from you, Mark, because I can't see you, but I'm hearing you. But I know what you look like, so you know what I mean. (laughs) I'm really excited for this because I'm trying to think of how long ago it's been now. It's COVID has me all messed up. I have no concept of time now. But you spoke at a World Voices conference in Vegas once. Yes, yes. And I felt like, I mean, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. but as I was sitting in your session, I was like, this should have been a mandatory session. Like everybody should have been forced. If you signed up for the conference, you have to come to this session, period. <laughs> because that side of things, what you, what you talk about, what we're going to talk about today, I think sometimes people underestimate how important mindset and attitude is. So before we get into the thick of that, Tell us a little bit more about what you're doing with Tony Robbins so that everybody can understand that, yeah, you're uniquely qualified to discuss this subject. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting thing because I don't just work with Tony Robbins. I also work with one of Tony Robbins's other, you know, live event coaches, teachers who co-teaches most of Tony's programs, and that's Joseph McClendon III. And, uh, and I'm a, a trainer for Tony Robbins, which means that I am in charge of leading teams throughout live Tony Robbins events, whether it be, you know, his big events, which are UPW and Date with Destiny, also Business Mastery and uh, Wealth Mastery and Life Mastery. So those are the five major Tony Robbins programs. I've also been a coach at his Platinum Partnership Business Mastery program as well. And, you know, running a voiceover career is running a business. And with Joseph McClendon, I am a neuroencoding specialist, which means I'm a master of neuropsychology brain, way our brains work, way our psychology works. And I'm actually Joseph McClendon's crew director for his live events. So I'm uniquely qualified in many aspects of human psychology and why we do the things that we do in working for these basically giants in the self-help, personal development and psychology industry. You know, (laughs) Tony Robbins gets, he has a unique reputation, right? There are people that love him. Mm -hmm. There are people that think he's just a hack, right? And I will say, hands down, without question, 
I read Awaken the Giant Within. That was a life-changing book for me. I read Money Master the Game. That is the only reason why I have and continue to build a retirement fund today because of that book. Like, people can say what they want about the guy, but if you do the things that he teaches, it works. And if you pay attention to the, the lessons that are in everything that he says, it works. And he's one of the big reasons why I have worked so hard on mindset, narrative, all of that sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm really excited to get into this because I don't think people realize how much this matters and, and how much you need it. So let's start with, I'll never make enough money. It's a story, right? I'll, I'll never, I never seem to book. That's a story. I can't be mm -hmm. conversational. That's a story. I don't know how to do marketing. That's a story, right? On and on and on and on they go. So let's talk about narrative and the role that these stories that we tell ourselves play in our eventual success or failure. Yep. I mean, the way that you look at the story, everyone has a story of their life. Everyone has a story of their life and that's constantly sort of running in the background of our life. And when you come to a Tony Robbins event or you learn these teachings techniques, which is basically not, you know, rah, rah, pump up stuff, which is why people get turned off from him as a person is that, you know, everything is designed in his live events to sort of be fun. You're going to a rock concert. And within that rock concert over four or five days, you're going to be learning things that are going to completely change the way you look at your life and the way you look at how you've developed your life in a very unconscious way. And now you can decide, what do I want my life to be going forward? And, you know, we even teach the seven elements of a story, like basically as if you're going to write a screenplay. Well, what are you the character in your story right now? And how do you want your ending to be? Because at this point in your life, there is a narrative. Maybe you weren't even the one who decided to write it. Maybe it was written by your parents. Maybe it was written by society. Maybe it was written by the people who raised you at a very unconscious level that you had to be a certain way. And then you're constantly telling yourself these same stories until they come true. And then you use it as proof. Well, okay, well, this didn't go the way it was because I'm bad at math. And been telling yourself a story that you're bad at math your whole life, you're going to start being bad at math, at math, pardon me, to not prove yourself wrong. Because then you're like, you see, I'm just not good at math. Yeah. And it can be the same thing for voiceover. It's, you know, I just don't book on the site. You know, I, I don't book on the site. I don't book in the genre. You know, I can't be conversational. Whatever it may be, you will never become a liar to yourself. But when you go through a process, you know, with a Tony Robbins event or you read a book or any, you know, self-improvement, even when you talk to a therapist necessarily or sometimes even a friend, it's a way to sort of get yourself out of your own story and say, OK, well, maybe that's been my story up until this point. However, what do I want my story to be going forward? Do I want it to be the story of someone who accomplished despite incredible odds? Do I want to be the story, the example of what's possible? Or do I want to be the warning of, oh, well, that was a tragedy? Now, what kind of story do you want your life to have an ending of? There's so much self-sabotage that happens. And most of the time, we don't even realize it. And that's just because, like you said, we, we're following a narrative that maybe that narrative's been there since birth or whatever. I mean, I know for me, a big part of it was... I worked in radio. I was never going to make more than 40 grand working in radio. So I was never going to make more than 40 grand or, you know, uh, neither one of my parents ever earned a lot. So I was probably never going to make more money than what they made because that's all I ever knew. Right. That was my mm -hmm. frame of reference. And so that became a story that I told myself. And that ultimately became a story that I had to get over. It was time to tell a new story in order to open up the potential. I think that's the other side of this, though. Right. Is that it's all choice. But sometimes we don't even realize that we get to make the choice. Yep. And it's all taking responsibility. And maybe right now what's happened to you is true. There have been tragedies. You know, people have died. Someone had a heart attack. Someone was in a car accident. I have a disease. They might be true stories, but you can still write the ending of that true story. Yes, this happened to me. Or yes, this is how my life has been. But now I get to choose what the ending is going to be. And also, just because something happened in your past or whatever your past circumstances are, it doesn't mean you, don't, you can't change the ending or what that ending means. Because one of the things that we do all the time in the world is we will take people who've had tremendous trauma, I mean, huge, huge trauma, 
And I don't want to get into like, you know, horrific circumstances, but there are horrific circumstances in life Mm -hmm. that happen. Absolutely. And you can tie yourself to that horrific circumstance, whatever it was. You were abused as a child. You were abused as an adult. You were attacked as an adult. And we can change what that story in that moment meant for you in a heartbeat. You just have to be open to the change. And that's a big part of it, too, right? We're not trying to discredit any pain or trauma or past event that that you have lived through and and saying, you know, that that doesn't matter or whatever. It's nothing like that. But it's saying, ultimately, you get to decide where you go from here. I think that's why, I mean, I, I read a ton of biographies of successful entrepreneurs and business owners, and I've read a bunch of presidential biographies and stuff like that. And man, one theme that comes up over and over and over again is people, these people who started with nothing or started from nothing or started in a traumatic situation and somehow found a way to overcome it just always feels like that's, I mean, every movie we watch, right? It's it's the same idea. And so it goes to show you that it is possible to take these things that have happened and write a new ending. Yeah. I mean, one of the the stories that we teach up, besides Tony himself, by the way, because if you look at Tony Robbins, like, yeah, he's a big, you know, star right now, a celebrity, really founded the self-development industry as we know it now. I mean, the world, the word life coach wouldn't exist without the man's work. Mm-hmm. And now everyone can just go online on Google and get a life coaching, you know, certification. I'm a life coach, you know, that yep. kind of thing. So it's become this multi-billion dollar industry because of him. However, we're talking about a guy who had four different fathers who was destitute, was kicked out of his house when he was 13 and was living in the gym and in his car simultaneously while he was being a janitor in the middle of the night and going to high school during the day. And we're talking destitute, broke, poor. Worst situation you could have. His mother was an abusive alcoholic. And look what he turned his life into. Yep. When he's 62 years old, he, ser- he s- feeds over a billion people per year. Multi-billionaire, owns over 40 different companies, and still serves at a highest level un- unknown. I mean, you can not like his voice, you can not like his teeth, you can not like, you know, how he teaches, but you can't take away the story. Yes. And the stories that are taught at his events are, you know, very, very hard hitting. You've got the story of Oprah. Oprah came from poverty, was abused, was, you know, racially profiled, had every obstacle against her. And yet look at her, one of the most successful altruistic women in the world. And then you look at someone like Robin Williams, who went to Juilliard. And he won an Oscar not for being funny, but for being a dramatic actor, something yep. that he wasn't known for, had everything. And regardless of the circumstances regarding his suicide, he still committed suicide. So you can be the top of the world yep. and think you have everything, and yet there's so much pain inside. It's all the story that you're writing about what you want your life to be. So That simple. Victim mentality. I mean, let's just call it what it is, right? Victim mentality mm-hmm. it can be a challenge for so many people. We get to choose how we respond to circumstances, but we instinctively seem to respond negatively. So why do we see so often, why do we see life as happening to us and against us rather than with us and for us? How do we change that particular narrative? That is the biggest thing that we start out teaching in events. And it's one of the biggest lessons I've heard. And it's basically understanding the way the world works and the way the world works right now. And, you know, one of the things that I believe Tony is going to be long after he's gone, I don't think he's going to be known for being like the rah-rah guy who threw on all these events and wrote all these books. He's going to leave his mark on the world in his tenets of psychology. You know, he studied all the great ones. I and mean, we're talking about, you know, Freud and, you know, Gestalt and Grindler and, and Band- Grindler and Bandler, the, the founders of NLP. And then he added on to it, which he calls his six to- human needs psychology. And if you look at the human needs psychology, there are six ways that every human being gets their needs met. The first is by being certain. You have to have a need for certainty. There's going to be food on the table. There's going to be roof over your head. This goes back to whatever culture you're in, whatever language you're in, whatever evolution of the culture, whether it's people who are still living, you know, in a primitive culture or even modern today with iPhones. You must be certain. You must also conversely have uncertainty or what we call variety because if life was the same every day we'd be living in hell not in heaven i mean if you had lobster dinner every day you'd be bored after a while and then on top of that you need love slash connection and we say love slash connection because we really want love but we really are striving for connection and that's so lost in today's society where everything is filtered through screens we're double disassociated through screens Mm -hmm. even in connection 
And we must also have the need for significance, which means standing out and being special. We must be significant. If we're not significant, we're not special to someone or something, we don't get our needs met as human beings. We will not thrive as human beings. And the first four needs are what we call the needs of the human psychology. And the last two are truly the needs of the spirit, which are the needs for growth. We must always be growing or or dying. That is a universal. I mean, the universe is growing or dying. And we must contribute beyond ourselves or we feel completely unfulfilled as human beings. And when we look at our six needs, this victim mentality that perviates throughout our entire culture right now is because it is meeting three or more the way that you're being a victim meets three or more of those needs at a very high level. Because if you have anything, any way that meets three or more of your needs at a very high level, you become addicted to it. Yeah. It might not be the want, the way you want to meet your needs, but it's how you meet your needs. So, for instance, let's say we know someone who's very dramatic. And maybe they're a little bit of a hypochondriac. They're always sick. They always have something going on. And what needs are they meeting? Well... If they're always sick, they're connecting with people. Mm-hmm. I feel sorry for me. I, I yep. have I have a disease. I'll use something that's very sort of pervasive in the culture right now. And I'm not saying it's not true. A lot of people are like, I'm gluten-free, whether they truly have celiac disease or not, yep. right? It's like, I can't eat that. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to get so sick. I can't do that. Yep. So they're connecting with people because they're getting that connection. Like, oh, let me tell you about my story, about how I can't eat this. And it's so hard to order at restaurants and I can't go out with my friends. At the same time, they're meeting their need for significance. Well, I have the biggest problem in the room. Let me tell you about it. So you're creating connection. You're creating significance. Problems are always significant. And then you're certain you're going to get a response, mm-hmm. right? You're certain it's going to like people are going to be interested. They're going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. What can I do to accommodate you? And there's also a variety. What if it makes people connect with you? What if it gets someone mad? You know, it causes this drama. So you're meeting all four of the base needs at an extremely high level just because you have a special diet or you might have a you know dietary or gastrointestinal disease. I'm not saying that the disease isn't real. But what I'm saying is all of a sudden you're meeting all four of those base needs at a very high level. And that can be anything from commenting on Facebook, from, you know, running a thread on Twitter by getting all this political divisiveness. It meets all those four needs at a very high level. It's just a negative vehicle to meet those needs. That's the part that scares me. I, I call it outrage culture, right? It's like yeah, every right? day I go on social media, it takes me 20 minutes to decide whether or not to post something because I'm trying to figure out whether or not it's going to get me canceled because I'm going to upset somebody. <laughs> it's and, and, you know, and the thing is, it's so funny because even in our – and I think that voiceover is one of the most supportive, inclusive industries, especially within the acting profession that can exist. Like it is such a supportive community. There is still – this sort of victim mentality and this outrage culture within the voiceover community, mm-hmm. you know, but it's people just at the very base level, people are just getting their needs met. Yep. And when we've been isolated during a pandemic, it gets even worse because this is the only way I can connect is through a screen sometimes. Oh, that's valid. It's been a long two years. That's for yeah. sure. So it's like maybe the next time anyone just decides to post, and this is just a general note, is you know, think of it, are you coming from a place of growth? Are you trying to develop someone? Are you trying to lift someone up who's having a bad day? Can you make it connection and contribution and perhaps growth instead of significance? And that's another thing is that our culture is so significance-based right now. We are, we are awarded. We are given, you know, fulfillment by being significant. Let me go post everything that's happening in my life on Instagram. Yeah. And let me go check the likes. You know, if I don't get enough likes, oh, then I don't feel good. Everything in our culture is now being, you know, sort of built up by a significance-based culture. Which totally messes with our psychology. And it's it's interesting, when you put it that way, it makes you, well, doesn't make you, it should make you look at things from a slightly different perspective, right? Like, it's really easy to just see somebody who's going for the drama on social media and be like, oh, for crap's sake, here they go, going for their drama <laughs> again, right? Versus seeing, okay, what's the root there? You know, what's what's the story there that's causing them to need to go for that drama? And and, you know, it gives you a little bit more compassion and empathy, maybe in how you how you view someone, which ultimately changes how you respond to someone, I suppose. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, we all have to be vigilant. And, And another thing is just in general, you have once you realize that you are responsible for everything in your life, that you truly are responsible for everything in your life, even the people who react to you in life, when you take responsibility then you can choose. It's That's when you change the narrative of your story. And that's when you can choose how you meet your needs, truly. 
is because do you want to be the story of what's possible or do you want to be the warning? You can have a bigger business. You can have a more successful business. You can have more clients, more opportunities. You can earn more money. All of these things are possible when you learn how to market, when you stop being afraid of marketing, when you change that story that you've been telling yourself for so long, I don't know how to do this, I'm no good at this, I don't wanna do sales, I'm afraid of self-promotion. When you change those narratives and you learn how to be a confident and effective marketer, it can literally change the entire trajectory of your business. That's what I wanna help you do with VoiceOver Marketing Playbook. This step-by-step, easy-to-follow course is going to teach you how to find your own leads, build your own client base, and become the consistently working voice actor that you want to be. It's actionable, practical advice. Here's who to find. Here's how to contact them. Here's what to say. Here's how to follow up. Here's how to use email, how to use social media. Everything is designed to be very actionable and practical, to help boost your confidence so that you'll be more excited to get out there and market. The story doesn't have to be, I don't know how to market or I don't want to sell. The story should be, I have a valuable service to offer and I can't wait to tell people about it because I know that what I do is going to help them be more successful with what they do. That's what you bring to the table as a voice actor. When you change the story to that, it changes your desire to market. Learn how to market with that story and you are unstoppable. Playbook will be available April 12th to the 21st, 2022. And all the details will be available at voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. That's voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. Now back to our show. So why do we get in our own way and how do we get out? Is it really just a matter of we have to have a moment where we recognize the stories that we're telling ourselves so that we have the opportunity to change those stories? How does it work? I'm basically giving you the UPW in like an hour. So, <laughs> like I kind of did the two times I was at Wovo. And it's really funny that you brought that up because I did that session two years in a row. In the first session, there was 20 people. and the second session, there were six. And then I stopped doing it because they kept scheduling me against like the keynotes. And I'm like, I don't even want to go to my session. I want to go to the session I'm missing by teaching my session. And uh, and I really do like you. I believe this stuff is is essential, especially if you're going to be successful and especially in voiceover. Because when you're a voiceover actor, you're an actor. And that means that you have to be connected to your body. You have to be out of your head and in your heart, in your body. And, you know, there's this old saying, we use it in the Tony Robbins world, we use it in the Joseph McClendon world. And, you know, we, I use it in, with elementary school kids when I substitute teach choir. When you're in your head, you're dead. When you're in your heart, you're smart. And actors use their bodies. It's not voice reading. It's voice acting. And the number one thing of how to get into your body is remember, it's your body. The state of everything in your life is your physiology, is your body, is muscle memory. How do we get good at reading scripts? You get good by practicing so that when you read the words after you've done it a thousand times, all of a sudden you can look at a commercial script and go, I know what character I'm using for this script. You don't have to do 25 minutes of script breakdown. You've done it a thousand times, so your body knows where to get that character out of your system. You know, for those who are voiceover actors who do video games and things like that, there's ways you can physically change the focal point of where you focus your voice. Is it in the back of your throat? Is it in the front of your throat and your teeth? Is it low in your voice? Is it high in your voice? You can do all these different things. All you're doing is changing the placement of where you're focusing your voice inside your mouth. Physiology. Okay. So in the Tony Robbins world, Another teaching that we go through is what's called the triad. And imagine a triangle, if you will. And the base of this triangle or pyramid is your, or pyramid is your physiology. It's your physical body. It is your instrument in voice acting. And guess what? I say to everyone who learns this in the Tony Robbins world, actors, voice actors, we got a one-up on everybody. We are masters of physiology, and we call it state. Master your state. When you... I'll just say, close your eyes, everyone who's listening to this, and think of what a depressed person looks like. Are they breathing shallow or are they breathing heavy? Is their head pointed up or down? Are their shoulders straightened back or are they slumped forward? You know exactly what the physical state of a depressed person's body looks like. Mm -hmm. 
Now look at someone who's joyful. How are they breathing? Is it deep or is it shallow? Are their shoulders squared and straight? Or are they slumped over? Is their chin down or is their chin up? Maybe they even have a smile on their face. And if you just change your physical body for just a moment, if you're smiling, even if it's a fake smile, all of a sudden you can't go into those dark places because your body's neurological neurosystem, your nerve wirings all the way down your spinal cord cannot respond to feeling in a bad place if you're smiling. It's impossible. It's impossible to be smiling and angry at the same time. Because even if you're faking it, if you're like stress smiling, you're like, I'm smiling. In a few minutes, your body will react to your smile and will overpower those negative feelings. So state is everything. And how do you condition your state? You condition it just the way an athlete conditions stuff when they go to the gym. You do it over and over again until it becomes second nature and it becomes muscle memory. I think that's an important part of this, too. And I mean, this is a conversation I have with voice actors all the time when I'm coaching them. If you're ticked off because things haven't been going the way you want in your business and, you know, maybe the you haven't got as many jobs as you want or you haven't had as many auditions or you want. And now you're walking into the booth every day coming from that place of frustration and anger or maybe it's doubt and fear that is going to come through in your auditions. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you've you've got to figure out how to get control of your thoughts and like you said your physiology like even if you got to fake it to start it's interesting that you know even if you i guess that's where fake it till you make it comes from right even Mm -hmm. if you fake it till you start it ultimately does have that trickle down effect that changes how you go into the booth and you will hear the difference between the before and after audition right yeah and the greatest you know the greatest voiceover coaches work with any of them You know, if you're working with like Maurice Tobias or if you're working with Dave Fenoy, if you're working with, you know, any of the greats, Mark Cashman and, you know, Melissa Motes, who's my coach, you know, you, my personal friend and coach who got me back into the industry off these years and and allowed me to work with all these people, Mary Lynn Wissner, I mean, all of them. The first thing they're going to do is they're going to have you read a script. That's nothing to do with what you're doing. And it's to get you out of your head and back into your body. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is they're having you not focus on what you're focusing on because the second part of that triangle besides your physical body, yeah, you have to condition that state, of course. It's like ask anybody who ever got into shape before, train for a 5K, train for a marathon. That first mile is going to be torture. Three months from now, you're going to run through a mile like it's nothing because you've conditioned your body. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with voice acting. It's the same thing with anything you want to do in life. You condition that state. And then the next component of that triangle is the focus. What are you focusing on? as well in your mind. Are you focusing on, oh my God, I haven't booked this week? If you're focusing on, oh my God, I haven't booked this week, you're not going to book the job. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) You know, like, what are you focusing on? It's very simple. Like we do an an exercise where it's, okay, imagine you're at a restaurant and this is before, I mean, it could be when you have a cell phone or when you don't have a cell phone. Your friend's five minutes late. How do you feel? They haven't called, they haven't texted. How do you feel? What are you focusing on? Is that why you feel the way you feel? Because you're focusing on that. Yep. What could you focus on? Okay, 20 minutes goes by, 30 minutes goes by, an hour goes by, right? And then a lot of people, when they go through this exercise, all of a sudden they're not mad anymore. They're terrified because I think my friend would definitely call me if they were going to be an hour late. Oh, my God, what happened to them? And it's because their focus changed. And what also changed was that third part of the triad, the third leg of our triangle, is the meaning you give to it. And you're in control of that meaning. You can change the meaning. But it's really hard to put bad focus on things and give, you know, crappy negative meanings to things if you're in a good state. It's true. I, I've i talked about in playbook, I in my voiceover marketing playbook course, I talk about this. And I've, I've talked about it in conferences and stuff, too. I used to be the poster child for, you know, victim mentality. I could find a I could find a problem in every solution. Right. I, I anticipated the worst in every scenario. That's just. That's the way I was for a really long time. And a lot of that had to do with just training that I got when I was being brought up. And, and you know, that's the way it was. I wasn't very much fun to be around. And now, you know, everybody thinks, oh, Mark's so happy. He's so positive. He's such an uplifting guy and all that sort of stuff. Well, it, it wasn't always that way. I did 365 days of a gratitude journal. I wrote a blog. And for 365 days, I was not allowed to go to bed. This was a deal I made with myself. I was not allowed to go to bed until I found one good thing that happened in my day. No matter how bad my day may have been, no matter what circumstances may have happened, I could not go to bed until I found 
one good thing that I could write about in this blog. And I did this public forward-facing blog to create accountability for me. And after that year, it shifted my mindset. It it pulled me out of that victim mentality. It, it made me more, I guess it gave me gratitude and it helped to build that memory. Like working out, like you said, going to the gym. We understand this stuff. We understand that mindset matters, but we still struggle with it so much. Like when I tell somebody, write a journal for a year. I'm not writing a journal for a year. There's got to be an easier way. Whatever it is, why do we struggle with it so much? Because we're not conditioned. It's, it's, it's that simple. What you did is you conditioned yourself to have an attitude of gratitude. And anger and gratitude cannot exist it's simultaneously. You can't. Right. You can't have stress and gratitude. You can't have anger and gratitude. You can't have stress and gratitude. When you're in a state of gratitude, it's one of the highest frequency vibrating states that a human being can exist in. The aura, if, I mean, I'm getting a little crunchy granola here, but one thing that I will tell you is the more you're in personal development and psychology, the more spiritual you become yeah. because you realize it's all connected. It's true. Because yeah. if you're connected to your body, guess what? You're also connected to the highest form of you, which is your soul. Mm -hmm. So getting from that, if you're in a state of gratitude, you completely rewire your nervous system. And that's what you did, not even realizing that you were doing it, which is why we say, and people I've worked with, you know, just write 10 things every day that you're grateful for. Start the day by that. Just 10 things you're grateful for. And sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes you have to go, the sky's blue. Okay. But in the beginning, it's hard. And then there's going to be a shift. And when that shift happens, you never want to go back to the old way of life. Yeah. You've become conditioned. It's just like I said, it's conditioning. You can tell the people who come to the gym and they're not conditioned because they do three sit-ups and they're done. Mm -hmm. But guess what? You do three sit-ups today and you do it every day for a week. Week two, three sit-ups can be nothing. You can do five easily. Yep. And you just build on that. And it seems like it's work because guess what it is? Yep. You're not conditioned. It's yep. going to be work. However, you have to be compelled by such an amazing why that you're not going to give up when that conditioning is hard. It's, it's like running for a marathon. Nobody runs a marathon just to say, hey, I'm going to do something difficult today. It's either to prove themselves they can do it because they've never done something like that before, or they get recruited by a friend to raise money for a charity. Mm -hmm. That's usually how most people get into marathon running. Yep. And it's, you know, a lot of times it's when it gets difficult and the training gets difficult, it becomes one of two answers is one, I don't want to embarrass myself and fail. I don't want to let myself down. Yep. And then it's, I don't want to let these people down because they're counting on me to raise this money. They're counting on me to go through this finish line or my friends are counting on me to show up. Whatever that why is, that's why accountability groups are so important, yes. mastermind groups, yeah. because they keep you accountable and they reconnect you to your why when sometimes you're not connected to your why because we're human beings. We're not going to get connected to our why sometimes. And, you know, even Tony Robbins himself and myself, we have bad days. Heck yeah. <laughs> we want to sleep in. We want to, we get angry at people. We get mad. Yep. Um, the thing is to condition yourself that when those things happen, it happens once. It doesn't happen. I'm going to sleep in today and I'm going to sleep in every day this week. Or, you know, let that bad feeling pass. Five minute rule. Five minute rule and it's done. Get I think that was the big difference for me was <laughs> I recognize it now, right? Before I didn't recognize it because it's how I lived every day. I was just miserable. Now that I have shifted my mindset, when something happens that, you know, didn't go my way or, you know, something, you know, bad circumstance or whatever, and I see that that starts to creep in, I, I can recognize it and I can choose to respond to it differently. And I think that's a, a big part of it, right? It, it, I'd. I'm very honest about the fact that, look, you know, I seem like a happy guy on the internet, but hey, I have bad days too. You know, I get upset with my kids, my wife and I argue, I don't book jobs, whatever. And I'm I'm pretty transparent about all of that. So it's not like it's a, you know, this is the, the lifetime permanent fix and solution. It's still something that I have to consciously work at every day, but I can tell you that it is a much happier place to exist. Yeah. I mean, 100%. And, and I laugh that you know, there's a reason why I was recently, you know, as you know, I was recently promoted to trainer. I've been serving as a senior leader at Tony Robbins Live Events for six years. And I was a participant for, geez, my first event was back in 2005. So we're talking 15 years of being in the environment. And now I'm a trainer. And it only happened because of COVID. And the reason why it happened during COVID is because I was able to serve at 20 events a year. And the growth that I had during that two-year period was exponential. And in a very fast way, because I was able to serve as much as I could because of COVID. 
You know, if I was traveling around the world and having to save money to go on flights and to go to events, it wouldn't have happened as quickly. Would have happened? Yes. Would have happened as quickly? No. And I was completely immersed. So these things happen on a higher scale the more you immerse yourself. I mean, if you want to dive into voiceover, you need to immerse yourself to be successful. When people tell me they're doing like three auditions a day, I'm like, well, okay, but that's it's a numbers game. Yep. You're not going to be successful doing three auditions a day. And it can be hard now. There's so many disruptions in our industry. And are those stories that are true? Yes. How many millions of people joined the voiceover industry when everyone is, was at home? Yep. My mixer broke and I had to wait three months for a mixer to show up because they were sold out because so many millions upon millions of people worldwide decided that they were going to get into voiceover yep. when the world was shut down. So do we have an unbelievably competitive industry right now? Yes. Is it a story? Yes. Is it a true story? Yes. Cool. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. So are you going to sit there and go, oh, poor me, I can't do this? Or are you going to change your approach and figure out a new way so that you can be disruptive? Or are you going to be so amazing at what you do and how you do it that no one's going to ever be able to ignore you? It's interesting that you say that, specifically talking about so many new voice actors coming into the industry because doing the coaching that I do, I can't tell you how many times I've sat in a session and listened to a talent who's in a slump blaming the influx of new voice actors. And that, you know, this is the reason why and the competition so much higher. And I'm like, wait a minute, you've been doing this for how many years? And you're telling me that somebody that got the bright idea to become a voice actor, you know, a month into a pandemic, they are now your direct competition. And they're the reason why you're not booking. And I don't I don't think that's probably it, but it becomes a convenient excuse. It becomes a story and and tell it to yourself long enough and you you can derail your career. Yeah. I mean, and are there going to be those people who are hiring voice talent who's going to go for the bottom of the barrel, is going to go for the cheapest person with their lowest bid, even if they're not that good? Yes, of course that's going to happen. But is that the career you want? (laughs) Absolutely not. You know, is that the career that you want? Is that the life that you want to design for yourself? And it can be hard. And I understand that because I've been there, too. I was there during the pandemic, too. Guess what? It was hard. And it still is hard because guess what? We've chosen an industry where we have no guaranteed paycheck, people. Like, <laughs> You have to have an entrepreneurial business owner mindset, which is that you don't have that certainty need. You don't know what, what your pay is going to be at the end of the month. You don't because you're a freelancer. Yep. You know, in the Tony Robbins world, at Business Master, we don't even consider voiceover a business because you've bought yourself an expensive job unless you run a studio where you're coaching other people and you can sell it to someone else eventually and take yourself out of the industry, take yourself out of your own business and sell it to someone else for a price tag, you actually don't run a business. You've bought yourself an expensive job, which is great and it's wonderful, but you have to develop a warrior's mindset. Yeah. You must be a gladiator. And it means you're going to war every day for yourself and the life that you want. And you need to be willing to fight for it. It's a huge shift for people just because of the fact, and I've talked about this as well, all your life, you're trained to be an employee. You're not trained to be an employer. And when Mm -hmm. you're running your own business, it's a totally different mindset. It's a totally different approach. And that's part of the reason why so many people struggle with it is because they don't know how to function without a boss or a manager looking over their shoulder, telling them, this is what you got to do today. And these are your priorities and these are your you know, these are the tasks that are on your list or whatever. And so it's a, it is a totally different mindset that comes into it when you get into this industry. Yeah. And it's also, you know, as you said, you know, you read Money Master the Game and you set up asset allocation, you set up a retirement plan. People who are, have not become good at numbers yet, you know, as we like to say, I love spreadsheets and spreadsheets love me. Just say that to yourself until you believe it. Just fake it until you make it. You have to become comfortable. Yeah. I and mean, if you're going to run your own business, you got to understand spreadsheets. But I think part of the reason that a lot of people, and this is just my hallucination, that they struggle in, in you know, doing what they need to do in voiceover is because there's this underlying fear, that uncertainty of what am I going to get paid and how am I going to pay my bills drives you. Yep. And it can drive you into paralysis analysis, yep. getting into your head, not your heart, yep. instead of driving you to keep making that money so you never have to worry about it. So that you've got a retirement fund set up, that you've got things automated, that you have that security, you know, in the background, your emergency fund, and you're ready to go. Because the more comfortable you can get with being uncertain, with being flexible, 
the happier you will be just in life. Yep. You're never going to be upset when the plane's delayed. You'll be like, okay, I get to read another four, you know, chapters on my book before I, you know, have to put it away or whatever it is. You're like, okay, the plane's delayed. I'm not going to get angry. This is just what happens. Planes get delayed. No big deal. Uncertainty, flexibility. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? no, that's those true. feelings are going to come up, but that's the whole life of a voiceover actor. It is every day. You don't know what auditions are going to come in. You don't know how many are going to come in. You don't know what the deadlines are. You don't know what clients are going to call you. You have to become a warrior and also be exceedingly flexible. Go yeah. do some yoga. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, and it made me laugh because it's so true. You, you talked about a little bit about, you know, when you get into the talking about the energy and, and the vibration and all of that sort of stuff, and it starts to get a little bit of, you know, new, it sounds like new age voodoo woo-hoo. or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, woohoo stuff. <laughs> I was 100% that guy. I was like, this is total and complete and utter BS until I started to understand and then I started to put into practice some of the things that I was learning. And then I started seeing the changes. And then I was like, okay, there's something to this. This this makes sense to me. But let's clear up one other thing. And I, I want to touch on one of my favorite Tony Robbins things outside of mindset and narrative. It's not enough to just think positive thoughts. It, it's not enough to just get your head right, get your head in the game. Talk about one of my favorite concepts, which is the concept of massive action. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. You know, uh, and I'll, I'll tell a story. And, and this is something that, that everyone in the Tony Robbins world knows. You know, that, that movie that came out years and years ago and there was the book, The Secret, you know, mm-hmm. The Law of Attraction. Yes. We're all going to um, get Ferraris. Yes. We're all going to get Ferraris. And, and hey, I was a big proponent in The Law of Attraction. I was a huge secret fan. I was one of the first people to receive it while I was working for a financial company back then. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I will tell you, I was a law of attraction junkie. I still am to this day, only I, I do something a little bit different than that, which I can get into at another time. But he was one of the people that Rhonda Byrne went to to interview. And he said, absolutely not. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, support this movie. I don't support this. And she goes, well, why? And the reason why is because he goes, everything you're saying is true, except you're missing the biggest part, taking action. Yes. Because you can sit there and meditate and, and say, you know, as, he makes a joke about it. He's like, you'll sit there and you'll look at your garden and be like, there's no weeds, there's no weeds, there's no weeds. And you can do that every day. But if you don't go and pluck out those dang weeds, you're not going to get anywhere. Yep. And because here's the thing, your why should be so compelling that you don't want to just look at your garden and say there's no weeds. You want to rip them out mm-hmm. because you want to create the life that you want to create. Your why has to be so strong as to what you're doing, what you're doing. Otherwise, guess what? It's the wrong why. It's the wrong why. Absolutely. Why are you here? Just to make money because you think it's easy? Yeah. Being a voice actor is not easy. No. It is one of the hardest jobs. And I know people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. It's not just sitting there reading in front of a microphone. You know when people hire us think that's what it is? <laughs> we make it no. sound easy, but there's a reason why. It's everything that we did to get to that point that allows us to walk into the booth and be able to deliver, right? Yeah. And some people get lucky. That's true. Some mm-hmm. people do get very lucky. However, yep. once they get lucky, then they have to keep you know, develop a craft behind it. And it's one of those things. It is such a difficult job that we have. And my friend of mine just laughed at me once and because he was an actor in Hollywood and he's like, you don't sit there and, you know, do your process and do your background. And I'm like, Who, who's got time for that? Yeah. Like, I'm a professional. I was like, I will think, like, who am I talking to? What's the motivation of the script? What are this, what's they trying to convey? Okay, and what what character have I developed over time am I going to use for this script? And I will do three takes max, and I do not joke on that. I do three takes max because it's more than three takes, then it's rehearsed, and it sounds like I'm reading. Yep. So this is what I do, and and he was, you know, dumbfounded. Like, he was dumbfounded. And then a mutual friend of ours who's a professional opera singer, he was my assistant for a while before he COVID opened up, and now he's back, you know, traveling the world as a very, very— highly respected and at, you know, in command tenor. And he was my assistant and he edited my audio. And he every day would like just come up the stairs and be dumbfounded. He's like, how, how did you do that so quick? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you did like 12 characters in an hour. And it wasn't like I was doing character voices. It's my voice. It's just a different character. It's a different tone, different feel, a different cadence. It's what fits the script. Yep. And I said, years of practice. But we're masters. 
the one thing we don't ever have to do is memorize anything, which is awesome. But we Thank still God. have to do the craft. <laughs> but we still have to do the craft. Yes. And you have to take that massive action. Yeah. When I used to teach kids classes, you know, one of the best things you can do, and even when you're a starting out voice actor, is go rip out, if you can even find a magazine, go rip out a magazine ad. Just rip out a visual magazine ad. And now there's a ton for Easter candy. And read it like it's a radio commercial. Mm-hmm. Just practice. Yep. Just have fun. And here's the thing. What we do is fun. So it shouldn't be a slog to go and do it. And if it's not fun for you, then don't do it. There's a thousand other things you could do. <laughs> I think that's one of the big things, too, is if it's not fun for you, what the heck are you doing then? Like, uh, I don't want to be stuck in a career where I got to get up every day and go to work and hate my life. I, I did that for the last few years of my radio career. That's why I got out. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, we have such a bevy, a, amount of resources and support in the voiceover world. Like, if you don't like accounting, hire an accountant. If you don't like billing people and invoicing people, say, you know what? This is my goal. I'm going to make this amount of money this month because that way I can hire someone to do my accounting because I don't want to do it anymore. Which make becomes be part your of your why. why, right? Yeah. You know, and I know it sounds common sense. And it, people are probably listening to this and going, oh, my God, they're making it sound so easy. Like, ha, 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 it's not that easy for me. True. True. Because you're not conditioned yet. Yeah. But when you put in the work and when you condition yourself and you stop your thoughts, you get into state, you get your body in a peak state. And, you know, that's a Tony term. But number one thing I do with my clients, I'm like, make a list of jam songs. You know, the easiest way to get into a good mood is listen to a playlist of your favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Do it before you get in the booth. Even if it's a dramatic script, who cares? If you're in a good mood, you can turn that drama into magic. Yep. It's like, this is fun. It's not work. This is where the vision board came in for me, which was one of those things that I thought was complete, you know, new age voodoo garbage. But (laughs) the first time that I did it and I, I made myself sit down and think about what are some of the things that I'm working towards this year, right? And And there were some travel goals that I had set for myself and a new vehicle was on there and I needed a new computer for my studio and all that sort of stuff. And so I built out this vision board with all of these different things that became my why. Every day when I came into the booth, it wasn't about I got to send so many marketing emails today or I got to do so many social media posts today or I got to do so many auditions today. It was I'm working towards these things and I'm excited about that and I can get excited about that and I want to do whatever I have to do to make those things become reality. And ultimately that is what happened. It's it, understanding your why, having the right why is so vital to all of this, I think. Yeah. And Mark, I have a question. Did you write down what you wanted every day or you just looked at the vision board? I just came in and I had the, I had a vision board. I had it hanging on the wall in my studio. I had it set as the wallpaper on my computer. I had it set as a wallpaper on my phone. Like it was just constantly every day it was constantly in my face. It was just that reminder of these are the things that are important. These are the things that you're working towards. Yeah. Because another, you know, sort of secret sauce on that is you know, while you're writing down your gratitude, you know, another big component is what you write, mm-hmm. you invite. Yes. So look at it visually because yep. we all have visual, auditory, or kinesthetic, you know, modalities of our psychology, meaning visual is what we look at, auditory is what we hear, and kinesthetic is what we feel. And by looking at your vision board or looking at the things on it, you can you can definitely, you know, engage that that VK. However, when you write it, it becomes completely tied into your body. Yeah. So if you want to put an accelerant, write the things that you want every day and write them in present tense, because what you write, you invite, because it also connects to your physiology, which connects to your entire body, gets you in your heart where you're smart and Therefore, you know, I hate using the word manifest because I believe it's way beyond just the law of attraction. You know, yeah. one of the things that we teach, not in Tony Robbins, but with Joseph McClendon. And uh, and if you do go to UPW, Joseph McClendon is the coach who coaches day two and day four of UPW. Tony does day one and day three. Joseph does day two and day four. And Joseph also teaches Leadership Academy, which is the train the trainers is how people become senior leaders and trainers in the Tony Robbins environment. They have to go to Leadership Academy. Joseph McClendon is the head trainer emeritus he's number two in the company after tony himself and you know his neuro neuro encoding institute which i'm certified in his crew director is it's beyond attracting it's beyond the law of attraction you know the law of attraction is just one of 21 laws and we're talking about magnetization and we're talking universal laws like gravity gravity is a law of magnetism 
Yep. It's, it's how, you know, things stick to the Earth as the magnetic iron core of the Earth rotates. We're talking about things that are in the law of physics, not woohoo. You know, not woohoo out there, la la la. It's yeah. really true magnetism. And the law of attraction is a law of magnetism. And the difference between the law of attraction and the law of magnetism is, and, and here's, here's a little secret sauce for all you voice actors out here listening, what you are attracted to is also attracted to you. That's the law of magnetism. So maybe there is something that you've been going for, but you've only been half-hearting it. You've only been, you know, not taking that massive action towards it. And when you take that massive action towards it, if it's what's truly meant for you, it's just as much attracted to you, like a magnet. It'll come right to you. Just a matter of time. And where that sounds like, where somebody's going to say that that's like new age voodoo. If you say work begets work, mm-hmm. everybody's like, okay, well, that makes sense, right? Yeah. When you're booking, you keep booking because you're mm-hmm. in that headspace, right? And you feel positive yep. and you go into the booth with the right attitude. When you're not booking and you go into panic mode or you go into fear, what happens? You keep not booking, which is what? It's, it's magnetism. It's you turn the magnet over and now you're yeah. repelling what you want, yeah. basically, so, because you're not in the right, you're not in alignment with what you truly want. You're not in alignment with producing good work. Yeah. And you can't, you can't be in alignment when you're fearful. You can't be in alignment when you're feeling like it's a slog or it's a job or it's hard or, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but, you know, if you've been to some, you know, coaches, like there's the voice whisperer out in LA or you've been to Maurice. They'll basically sit down and do, they'll do a counseling session with you. With, oh, yeah. You won't, even, you won't even act. You'll sit there and do a counseling session with them to get back into the right mindset. Yep. And that's why it's so important to really think about, you know, and be about because it becomes more than just doing. After a while, that doing becomes being. Mm-hmm. Like when you were going through your gratitude every day, a gratitude journal, you got from a place of, I'm doing this gratitude journal. I'm doing this gratitude journal. Every day I'm doing it. And then a a switch will flip somewhere yep. in the back of your mind where all of a sudden it comes from doing into being. And when you become what it is that you want, it's never a slog. Yep. And if you go through a rut where you're not booking, instead you just kind of shrug your shoulders and go, I don't know. I did the best I could do today. I rock that read. They just went with someone else. That's all it is. It's not that I stink. It's they went with someone else. Who cares? I went from I have to to I get to. Mm-hmm. Right? I have to write this thing to I get to write this thing, right? And I, I think that's that's part of it too. It's I have to write these marketing emails versus I get to write these emails and connect with new leads or you know there there it again it's it's mindset and narrative. Everything always ends up coming back there and I think we just don't realize how essential it is until we have it pointed out for us. And so hopefully well we're, mindset, we're... narrative and action. And action. Yep. Yeah. And because those, you know, and this is going to sound like the religious people out there might have heard this a thousand times. I know this was something that my mother used to say to me all the time. God helps those who help themselves. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? There's a thousand people sit there and be like, well, you know, if I really want it, if it's meant for me, I'll get it because, you know, I prayed or I'll get it because, you know, I, I, I thought about it all day and I wrote down what I wanted. And but you have to take that extra step of yeah. action. Yes. I love it. We we have covered a lot. We've covered <laughs> we've covered mindset, we've covered story, we we've covered the importance of finding your why, taking that massive action, but let's just kind of break this down, summarize a little bit. G- give us a couple of simple steps that anybody can listen to or anybody listening can start doing right now to start to shift that mindset a little bit, to start to rewrite some of those stories because it's going to feel like a lot for some people, but if yeah. we give them some very simple, actionable steps that can help start moving them in the right direction. I know for me, when I started to see the results, it speaks for itself and I want to keep doing it, right? So where do yep. we begin? Well, the first thing is always be conscious of what your physical body state is in, which basically means your mood. Mm-hmm. Well, what's your mood? What's your physical action? And if it's not in a good place, go move your body. And I'm not saying to go run around the block or like go, you know, do a 5K. I mean, if you're sitting on the couch all frustrated and slumpy, go stand up, jump on your toes for a few minutes, put a smile on your face. And the number one way to change your mood, change your state, make a playlist of your favorite songs and just listen to them. Just jam out. That's it. Just jam out. Get into a good mood. Play your favorite song. It takes, what, three minutes? And then you'll be done and you'll be in a good mood again. So true. 
and you're anchored to being in a good mood. And while number one is just be aware. So number one, take a few days and just be aware. Be aware of like, when am I feeling this way? Huh. And then say, what am I focusing on? And what's the meaning I'm giving to it? That's it. And if you don't like what mood you're in, put on that playlist. Just dance, sing, sit in the chair and just bob your head. Whatever it may be to change your physical body. Yep. So you can get out of your head, into your heart, into your body. That's the number one thing. And then number two is I would say at the very least, every day, write 10 things you're grateful for every day, even if it's hard when you start doing it. Mm-hmm. And then after you're done doing that and you're in an amazing state, feeling full of gratitude, what do I want and why? Every day. Yeah. That's it. Really simple things. Get in a good mood, put on a playlist, write 10 things you're grateful for, and then what do I want and why? And be careful of the language that you use in the midst of it, right? When we say things like, oh, I'm not booking anything, it seems like an innocent statement, right? That's part of the meaning. Say it enough times, and what happens? You don't book anything. Well, because your brain is going to want to answer that question. Yep. When you go, why am I not booking? Your brain's going to go, this is why you're not booking, because you can't be a liar to yourself. That's how the human psychology has been wired over 65,000 years of evolution, is to find ways to protect us. We were not designed. God, in his or her infinite wisdom, designed us to be protected and loved, but not necessarily to succeed. Because for you know, how many thousands of years? Up until the last 150 years, our entire mode on Earth was to survive and profilate the species. That was it. Yep. Before the Industrial Revolution, it was survive long enough to have kids and keep your genes going. Yep. Really was. And now it's, we live in so much comfort and abundance, now we can succeed. Yeah. So now it's, what do you want and why? Yeah. Present tense, positive. And see what comes out. This is so good. Man, I, I, I just, I get, I get excited about this stuff because I know that it changed my life, right? I, I truly 100% know and believe and say that it changed my life. And it was freaking hard in the beginning. Like it, it did not come naturally to me to do some of these things. But when I did them and did them long enough and started to see the shift, my business has grown Every single year since that happened, like I'm talking like 10 consecutive years of awesome growth and I anchor it all back to a lot of the stuff that we've just talked about. So if somebody wants to dive deeper into this, obviously, Tony Robbins has tons of resources. Can somebody reach out to you and and do you do any kind of coaching in any of this for voice actors? You know, I, I tried a few years ago to kind of get it going. But, you know, one of the things that I was doing at that time was I was building my business. And I didn't want to split my focus between coaching actors and building my own business. Right. But now I'm at a point where I'm like, I could take on some coaching clients. And it wouldn't be performance. It would be basically psychology. Yep. Because there are a thousand, there are millions of performance coaches out there. Yep. And they do a terrific job. I'll send you to them. If you want mindset coaching, if you want what should I do on a daily basis to make my life better as a voice actor, I can take care of that. (laughs) People need to do it. How do we get in touch with you? If somebody is interested, if somebody wants to take it a step further, how do we get in touch with you? Just email me at Andrea at AndreaHadhazy.com, which I'm sure you're going to put on your links to the podcast, which will be easy. So (laughs) I will. I will put that in the show notes. Andrea, this is awesome. I get so charged up. I could probably talk to you about this stuff for another five hours. But Hey, we can do another one six months from now. Whatever you want, Mark. Sounds Whatever good. your listeners want. <laughs> Thank you so much for this. I am so grateful to you for taking the time to, to share this because we need it. I mean, I still need the reminders on a daily basis, even though I've been practicing a lot of this stuff for a decade, like I said. And so I'm, I'm grateful to you for taking the time to share. Thank you. You are welcome, Mark. And good luck to all you guys out there. Trust me, you're everything you want is just steps away. When you recognize that you have the power to change your story, it will change your life. When you realize that all of those things that have happened to you in the past, those stories that you have lived in in the past, when you acknowledge that they can be changed, that you can decide to write a different story, that you can decide to create a different narrative, it will change your life. 
and I know because I've done it. And I'm so grateful to Andrea for taking time to share some of these important lessons about the importance of getting your attitude right, about living in a place of gratitude, recognizing that those stories don't have to be permanent, that you can change the ending of the story, that you can find a different meaning. This stuff is so good. It is so important. And I hope that you've learned a lot from this episode, and I hope that you've been inspired and encouraged from this episode as well. If you're listening, please let us know. Tag me in your Instagram stories at Mark Scott. You can tag Andrea as well at Andrea Hedhazy, and I will put that in the show notes so that you can find it. We'd love to hear what your favorite part was. We'd love to hear the part that impacted you the most or the part that is going to create change for you. Let us know about it. As always, thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly we think. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The VoiceAmp player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voiceam.com slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voiceam.com slash markscott. And scene. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more Vopreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.